Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. As we mentioned, there's a giant $95 billion aid package that passed the Senate. They're very proud of themselves, Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell. One of the wisest things I ever read, I wish I could give credit to, it, it probably was David Harsani or it was probably somebody from The Federalist, but somebody said, when everyone's on the same side of something, or when you see this bipartisan camaraderie from senators or from Congress people. That is not like your your instinct is to go, oh, that's good. That must mean it's right. When all the swamp creatures band together, it probably means you're getting screwed somehow or at the very least that you should be asking questions. But according to Senator Tom Tillis, we're not allowed to ask questions. We're just too dumb to understand. And they don't have to explain anything to us either. We should just trust them because they're from the government. And if we learned anything through COVID and through this border crisis and through this presidency in general, it's that they're from the government and they are here to help. Also, I don't want to sound, Jared, like a conspiracy theorist because I know you have that on. You have that on lock. That's your brand. And I'm not trying to steal it from you. But I'm going to throw something out there and you tell me because I think I'm going to say this and you're going to go, that's definitely it. And that's not even a conspiracy theory. But tell me if anyone's thought of this. So every time there's a snowstorm in New England, everybody freaks out. The meteorologists, they all get together and they talk about, oh, the big storm. And they use new words all the time, bomb cycle, cyclone, like whatever, whatever, fribble, frap, whatever they want to use. And they tell us how big it's going to be and how bad it's going to be. And they shut down the schools and they shut down the city and, you know, they shut down all these buildings. And then it comes. And for the most part, I can't remember the last time that it was really bad. And oftentimes when it is really bad, they don't say anything. When it is really bad, we have no warning. But in this case, we had all the warnings yesterday. Like it's going to be all, it, it went from, we're getting a foot of snow. And then last night it was like, eh, six to nine inches. And then this morning it was like maybe three to six. Do you think there's a possibility that the meteorologists have teamed up with the grocery stores and they just want people to go and buy those places out? Because I go to a store, I'm not going to name name it here. It's a great store though, Organized Clean. And I went the day before Thanksgiving, okay? And it was, I, I was expecting a madhouse because I'm the person who waits until the day before Thanksgiving to get the one thing I'm asked to bring, which is cranberry sauce. That's how much I'm trusted to make something on Thanksgiving. Every year they say, can you bring cranberry sauce? In the cans, don't try to get fancy with it. I wait till the day before. And I go to this store and I think this is going to be a disaster. It was smooth sailing. No lines. They were ready to go. Then one random weekend I went and I was trying to get stuff for penne a la vodka. And I was like, it's so, there's nothing here. There wasn't a clove of garlic to be had. It looked like the Grinch came in and stole everything. I said, why is there nothing here? What's going on? 
And then it dawned on me. I said, these losers are in here because there's going to be a flurry of snow tomorrow. And they're panic buying all the toilet paper. And it's not even, and it wasn't bad. Whatever weekend it was, it was not bad. But I got so angry. I'm like, is that why you're all here? Because you're in such a panic about a little bit of snow? What? So is it possible, Jared? That I've just cracked a conspiracy theory, like that this is something that's going on. This is a plot to get us to go all buy a bunch of nutter butters before the storm. I am on board with that. I think everything is is some type of plot and conspiracy. Yeah, you're an easy sell. Yeah, but I I will say actually I I think more than anything else. I mean, this is not a knock on meteorologists. It's not a knock on weather reporters. But I mean, generally speaking, you don't have a lot of big moments. You show up for a couple minutes, hey, it's going to be sunny or it's going to be rainy. You go in front of the green screen. You go in front of the green screen and you say, hey, look over here. This is this. This is this. This is this. Um, you know, again, not a knock. It's the job. But this is if, if there's the possibility of, of a big storm, that is the Super Bowl of meteorologists and weather people. So they, they go all out and they're like, you know what? This is our time to shine. Team, like they... They do the news team conch. Everybody gets together. But Jared, And they bomb a Genesis. Us. News team assemble. Yes, but they're weakening the sauce here. Like you're watering down the sauce. If are you... they? People are still panic buying. I know. I know. I, actually, what, what it is, is the Blizzard of 78 really psychologically screwed up this region in that way. When like the state the was boomers. Like shut down for a week. And you couldn't get anything. You couldn't get anywhere. Like nothing. With, and and everybody's afraid something like that may happen again. And that's just kind of been handed down through the generations. So that's where the panic buying comes in. Because I mean, the Massachusetts state government is so well run these days. It's a well oiled machine, of course. That something like that could never happen. But just in case, you want to be prepared in, in case the state shuts down for a week. Hey, this is a little off topic, but I'm glad you reminded me of this. Did you see, because you just brought up the Super Bowl. You said this is the Super Bowl for meteorologists. They have a Super Bowl like once every three weeks. Let's be honest. In New England, they get their Super Bowl pretty often. But did you see Eric Swalwell's tweet about the Super Bowl? No. I love this so much. He Wait, I got to find the exact thing here. He tries to claim that... Did I not save it? He tries to claim that he was on an escalator... And someone behind him, like he was so bummed out about the Super Bowl and he really wanted the Niners. He's California, obviously. And then somebody behind him on the escalator said, hey, make sure that traitor doesn't win. And, it put, <laughs> yeah, okay. and Jared, it put everything, okay. it put everything back in perspective for him. And suddenly he was <laughs> okay. like, why am I getting so caught up? in this game when there's something so much more important at stake i've heard kids talking about their canadian girlfriends with more convincing <laughs> conviction than that tweet george glass yeah so the person the reason i saw it was that somebody tweeted out and said things that didn't happen for 500 alex yep. but i really did love it because he sometimes comes out with just the funniest i'm trying to find it here i can't well, and it's it's so ridiculous because one not only is it predicated on the fact that somebody would recognize him. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. I found it. Okay. Eric Swalwell. Yeah. That, good point, though. Good point. He's not like, uh, this is like Jesse Smollett. Like, are there people out there going, that's Eric Swalwell? 
I would I mean, recognize him, but that, that's gonna, a sad state of affairs for my life. I mean, I'm being totally honest. I would recognize Ayanna Presley. She has a unique look. I could probably not identify anybody else in Massachusetts state or federal government. Which... I mean, I could, but it's just because I read this stuff every day. I could, I would identify Eric Swalwell, but it's because I saw I saw him constantly during the Trump years. He's not as vocal anymore. So this is what he tweets out. I was absolutely sulking over the Niners loss as I walked through the Vegas airport. Then a man ahead of me on the escalator turned around and said, do me a favor. Don't let the traitor win. What a wake up call. Football was fun. Time to win for freedom and democracy. What do, what do people? What do people call this? It's like a. It's like when people say, "My my two year old looked at me yesterday and said, Mom, if Trump wins, what will happen to our democracy as we know it?'" And you're just saying to yourself, "No, your kid did not say that. Stop lying. They're just making things up." Anyway, beyond that, though, we got something important to talk about here. This woman, since we're talking a little bit about Massachusetts and the storm, Lisa Hillenbrand was on NBC 10. And yesterday we talked about people that were taking in migrants and they were surprised that they offered to take in illegal aliens. And I'm sorry, I know I use that term, it it ticks people off. It's just because I'm reading it in headlines. I I swear that's the only reason. They offered to take people in and they were shocked at how quickly their offer was accepted. Well, now this is happening more. I want to tell people this is a different woman than the people we played yesterday. This is Lisa Hillenbrand and she's going to explain the situation. This is cut one. It's a delight. And it's really fun having them. What I realized is there's so much prejudice against refugees, mostly because people don't know them. Lisa says she feels like she has her own personal chef, as Wildande loves cooking. Te gusta la ocupación? Sí. In fact, her goal is to open up her own restaurant. She feels like it's like having a personal chef. I... This feels like we're getting into dicey territory here. This is a little yeah. bit like indentured servitude. I know that's not how she meant it, but there's so many reasons why this is an untenable situation and just people opening up their... And I want to give Lisa credit here because I always say to people, the left is full of hypocrites. If you're someone who's, who is promoting letting people into this country without any sort of system and just opening up our border and you're actually taking them into your home, you're not a hypocrite. I I have to give her that. But saying like, oh, it's like having a personal chef. This is just it. Yeah, it's I mean, I get that she's just trying to be nice and I'm, you know, I'm sure it is nice, but eh, the the I just adopted a puppy kind of feel to it is it's the wrong tone to take for a humanitarian crisis you know it's like oh fun i I get it you know i get to have a sleepover it's fun it's no there's yeah it's it's just like you said it's dicey territory now we have joe biden he's speaking today Um, also keep in mind everybody the senate just passed this 95 billion dollar aid package while we're also finding out our president has no idea what's going on around him isn't that interesting, the timing of it all? Like, does that make anyone else kind of question what's going on? By the way, I just wanted to mention one other thing before we go to break here, and then we're going to bring on Toby. And that is the NYPD was arresting agitators who blocked bridges and tunnels. Now, Jared, if you had to guess, do you think these agitators are pro-Palestinian or do you think they are climate activists? 
Ooh, it's still pro-Palestine season, I think, until March. So I'm going to say pro-Palestine. You'd be correct. The New York City Police Department eventually managed to get things moving again, clearing the blockades from the Brooklyn Bridge, Midtown Tunnel, and Holland Tunnel. 13 people were arrested and eight cars were seized. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, Grace, this has been happening all the time in the Big Apple. This is nothing new. But what I wanted to tell you is that the NYPD Deputy Commissioner Kaz Daughtry put out a post on X about this. And he said, groups of people intentionally trying to shut down the bridges and tunnels of New York, making your commute longer, blocking emergency vehicles and grinding the city to a halt. He later went on to stay to say that the NYPD will always do all it can to keep things moving. And he believed the time had come for our elected officials to make blocking a main thoroughfare like a bridge or a tunnel a felony. I'm down. I have no issue with that. I think it should have been a felony a long time ago. I think if it were a felony, we'd get we'd get a significant less amount of these disruptions and people could get to work on time and ambulances wouldn't be blocked on the highway and it would just be a lot safer for everybody. 844-500-4242. Coming up, Toby Leary joins the show for 2A Tuesday. We've got a lot to talk about with Toby and I know you guys have a lot of questions for him. So feel free to call in now and we'll take those calls when we come back. Don't go anywhere. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Dr. Houghton of Perfect Smiles is a superb architect. When it comes to dentistry, he's the best at what he does. He fixes your teeth and your smile, but what he really does is he builds the self-confidence of his patients. Dr. Houghton is awesome. He is an artist. He knows what he's doing. But what really makes the difference with not only Dr. Houghton, but his whole team at Perfect Smiles is that they're going to go at your own pace and they are going to make sure you know you're their most important client and you're their most important priority, which I think is so valuable, especially when you're getting your teeth worked on. Because that that to a lot of people is a little bit scary and you want to have a great team around you. From the second you walk into Perfect Smiles, everybody there is going to want to make you feel comfortable. They want to find out what your goal is. And most importantly, they're going to deliver. They always do. Go to PerfectSmiles.com to check out their video testimonials because you don't have to take my word for it. I don't know why you wouldn't. I find that a little offensive, but you don't have to. You can go to PerfectSmiles.com, check out their video testimonials. The most common thing I hear when I watch those is that people wish they had done it sooner. So go to PerfectSmiles.com, change your smile, change your life. Joe Biden is on TV. He says he will never back down to a Russian dictator. Um, I'm sure Howie will get some cuts of this for his show later on, but uh, it's live right now. When we come back, we're going to talk to Toby Leary. Get on the lines to ask any of your questions for Toby when we come back. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, 
everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. We've got Toby Leary on the line, and that means you can get on the line to ask many of your questions. The number is 844-500-4242. I will also open up my computer so I can check out the text line in case anyone wants to text in their questions. Today's poll question is brought to you by the Nosset Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nosset Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. To reserve your pet-friendly ocean view rooms, go to NossetBeachInn.com. That's NossetBeachInn.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurleyShow.com, is will special counsel Robert Herr release the Biden transcripts? No. No, he will not. 81% of the audience says no. If they wanted him to release the transcripts, they'd already be out there. And KJP saying she's going to defer to this department or this department. That's all you need to know. Toby Leary, thank you so much for joining us. The first question I have for you, Toby, involves this shooting that occurred at Joel Osteen's church. Um, We've heard that the gun had an anti-Semitic message on it or at least a pro-Palestinian message. I'm not exactly sure on the verbiage. But we also heard from the media that this person bought the gun legally. Now, this is very strange because she has a long criminal history and, you know, uh, several documented incidents of mental health issues how is that possible or is the media is the media relaying this in a way that's not honest to people well i think it's thanks for having me on grace there's when you put all your eggs in one basket in other words government is here to solve all your problems and the only thing you can do is rely upon the you know this background check system or whatever uh you know, and that's what government says is going to solve the world's problems. And then when you see it doesn't, you you end up with this exact situation. We just had a case in Massachusetts last week where a man was sentenced, I think, if, if memory serves me right, it was 12 years uh, for rape and aggravated assault. And he had 197 prior convictions, you know, not charges, convictions, Grace, what are these bums doing out on the street? Like to be able to continually reoffend and cause mayhem on society. And this shooter uh, that you talk about uh, in Joel Olstein's church was going there to commit murder and mayhem on people he or she was hoping was unarmed. And they, they, uh, were confronted with good people who had guns and put it down, put her down quickly and and efficiently, thankfully. Uh, And unfortunately that's the day and age we live in where evil will do whatever it takes. So the fact that she was able to buy a gun legally, even though she had a criminal history and gun charges in her past, not to mention mental health issues, um, doesn't surprise me. Government isn't good at keeping us safe. They want to disarm us. They want to uh, tell us we're the problem, all the while letting violent criminal actors out on the street again and again and again. And this is the result of what you get. So, you know, we're reaping what we've sown. But fortunately, in Texas, they take safety and security very seriously at this church and at a number of different churches. Uh, And I would say there's a lot of people waking up to this throughout the country uh, if your church you go to doesn't have some sort of safety team in place, um, you might want to bring that up because this is becoming a real threat 
in America. And uh, this killer has something in common with the Colorado Springs shooter, with the Denver shooter, with the Aberdeen shooter, with the Nashville shooter. And we're starting to see um, a weaponization of young trans people who think their only way of, you know, getting hurt or being heard is to go kill people that disagree with them, which is insane. And uh, unfortunately, that's the day and age we live in. Yeah, and, and Toby, you've mentioned the National Instant Criminal Background Check System and some of its problems before, so this probably has a little bit to do with that as well. We'll be right back. We'll take your questions for Toby on the other side. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. The number is 844-500-4242. You can call that number if you have any questions for Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. We've got a whole segment here that we're going to answer all of your questions. When I say we, I mean Toby, because this is not my forte. Uh, But Toby, I wanted to actually ask you something that crossed my mind last week. So Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked about illegal immigration, and she always references that they put together a comprehensive immigration reform package and that Congress didn't pass it. And what she leaves out of that is that when Joe Biden took office in January of 2021, he had control of the Senate and he had control of Congress, um, the House, I should say. And I think you could make that same kind of argument now that we're heading into another election when Democrats reference gun control and all of the things that they'll pass if you vote for Joe Biden again. They didn't pass it when they had the opportunity. And my question for you is why? As someone who follows this and knows all about it, why is it that they want to talk about all of these things, but when given the chance, they actually don't choose to go through with this legislation? Yeah, I think... um it's a, great, it's a great question. Part of it, I hope, is the fact that they're trying to figure out constitutional end-arounds. And, you know, the, in other words, they know the Constitution's in the way. And so they are trying to do things that will stand the test of time against uh, constitutional scrutiny. Knowing now that gun control days are limited if um, they reach the Supreme Court, they're in stall tactic mode. So... To answer your question, um, I, I honestly don't know, but the same thing happened with Obama. He had his whole first term. He didn't do anything as far as gun control. Um, and when he had all three branches of government, he didn't um, do, do anything with it as well. And then on his way out the door, you know, they, he started to get the squeeze from anti-gun groups, and he started to talk about gun control. That made... Americans more resolute against it. And so um, my my feeling is there were some Democrats that didn't want to lose their job by voting for it, because uh, that's usually what happens when gun control passes on the federal level. All of the people who um, help pass it get swept out of office. That happened big time after the 94 assault weapons ban. Newt Gingrich came in with the contract with America, and, and it was a house cleaning session. So that's my guess is they were going to be campaigning shortly and didn't want to have to campaign on something that Americans overwhelmingly support, which is the right to keep and bear arms. So that's just my sophisticated, wild guess. But um, I, I think that 
there's a lot of Democrats. I actually was on the phone with one today. I can't mention their name, but they are very concerned about the gun control in our state uh, basically going away because of all of this legislation that they're about to pass. And once the legal challenges start, it's going to make it better for us and worse for the state. In other words, we're going to actually reclaim some of the, lo- the rights that we've been living without since 2016 and 98 and 94. So, so there's a lot going on on the legal front. Um, but, Grace, a perfect example of how the system fails is just last week there was a guy in um, Massachusetts who was a FedEx driver that was stealing guns out of his deliveries and selling them on the black market. And uh, he got caught because he sold to undercover agents. And guess what? He got sentenced to guess guess how much? Did you hear about this story? No, I didn't. And I'm all right. A year? Take a guess how long he's going to do in the in the hoose cow for his illegal theft of guns and selling them on the black market. One year. Try six days. What? Six days total. So when people. And he, it was three counts, so he could have done 18 months per count. He should have gone under the mandatory minimum in this state. He should be going to jail for four and a half years. He did six days time serve. And, you know, have a nice day. Now, if I had done that, Grace, and been illegally selling guns out the back door, that were stolen and serial numbers ground off or whatever the case is, but I was just doing it illegally. How many days in prison do you think I'd get? <laughs> I don't think we'd be hearing from you on two-way Tuesdays for a few decades, Toby. Uh, I think they would bring back the death penalty in the state if something like that happened, you know. But the, bo- the bottom line is, you know, there's your system failures, like a slap yeah. on the wrist for somebody who is criminally involved in running guns and you know, meanwhile, we're sitting here doing this. Simon says, you know, uh, try not to, you know, slip and fall in mother may I game all at the same time to try to stay compliant with this unconstitutional checkerboard of laws in the state. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, be a responsible, peaceful citizen at the same time. And we have some something, uh, you know, hanging over our head at any given moment that could make us a felon overnight and lose all of our rights. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's a crazy story. Even even yeah. a year, I kind of knew I was like, I'm probably over overdoing it with a year, but still six days is stunning. Toby, 781 wrote in, Toby, I'm interested in arming myself, but I don't know where to start, especially living in a state like Massachusetts. Please keep in mind, I'm a 65-year-old woman. What would you suggest as my first step? Yeah, it's a great, uh, great question. And uh, come on down to Cape Gunworks, or if you live too far away, find a good place local that has a range, and you can try before you buy, and preferably with an instructor. Um, but you really want to go out on the range and try a few out, and don't fall prey to the narrative that you know women should have fill in the blank. That's not a thing. Uh, you really want to try a couple out, find what fits your hand. It's like a pair of shoes. You know, every foot is different. Every um, hand is different. So you've got to make sure you try it out. Um, but I would start with a striker fired nine millimeter semi-automatic pistol. Try two or three out. You could try like this, the Smith & Wesson EZ. 
Smith and Wesson equalizers are a good one. Um, the, the SIG 365, something like that. Or if you're going to start out with a uh, home defense and range gun, get a full-size gun like a M&P 2.0 and 9mm or, or a uh, FN or a HK VP9. Those are all good places to start. But um, hopefully uh, you can find a place where you can try a gun out. And if you can't, make the drive to the Cape and we'll, we'll take care of you. And it's worth the drive. It's really an experience, and there's a lot to do there, and uh, I think it's worth the trip. No matter where you are in Massachusetts, check out Cape Gunworks and Hyannis. Let's go to Fred. You're up next with Toby Leary. Go ahead, Fred. Good afternoon, Grace and uh, Toby. You know, my, my, uh, my take on all this is, you know, law enforcement has really dropped the ball on more than one occasion with a lot of these shootings and a lot of these, these incidents happening. I mean, they, you know, you have to go through the background check. That goes to the FBI. And the local, I think, in a lot of, in, in a lot of, well, you, in Massachusetts, you have your, you know, your, your uh, uh, LCI, you know, the LCI licensing and all that. And other states have a background check for the local and the state police, uh, you know, in their regions. And the law enforcement, apparently, you know, it's their responsibility to check these people out, especially this woman who shot up the church, you know, to check these people out thoroughly before they, uh, before they authorize the, uh, you know, they give them the green light to go ahead and purchase, purchase a weapon. And apparently they're dropping, they're dropping the ball very, you know, very badly. I mean, look at what happened up in Lewiston, Maine. There's a perfect example of, you know, right. not doing the job that hey, you Fred. should be doing. Hey, Fred, it's not necessarily law enforcement, it's, unless you're dumping the FBI into that, because they are the ones that administer the background check. Um, however, it's more of a state reporting type of thing where, uh, you know, the incidents, are supposed to be reported to the national instant check system. And not all of them are like felonies can be committed and they don't get reported. I I know Massachusetts actually passed a law a few years ago to make it mandatory for the state to report to the national instant check system. And I know there was issues with that. Like they, they still weren't doing it. And I think at one point there was a case where less than 6% of any uh, felon attempting to purchase a gun was ever reported to the national instant check system. So yes, there is some serious uh, reporting issues there, but also really where the big gap I think is, and you know, there's been gun rights groups that have been on board with this is trying to close a gap between the reporting of people who are an actual threat to themselves and others being able to be reported to the national instant check system without uh, violating the HIPAA uh, laws. And so um, that was something that was on the table years ago that gun rights groups were in favor of. And, you know, they wanted nothing to do with it because of, you know, they wanted the whole ball of wax. They wanted universal background checks and they wanted, uh, you know, license to carry and every other type of infringement instead of the simple solution of if someone is a threat to themselves or others, let's report that to Nick so that they can't purchase a gun. It, would, it could have prevented this situation in Houston. It could have prevented Lewiston, Maine. Who knows? But, um, you know, at the bottom line is if somebody has a violent history in their past and they are a prohibited person, then maybe they shouldn't be out on the street. Maybe they should be getting serious psychological help or um, incarcerated for their crime. Uh, if they have committed violent crime, that's my solution to the problem is lock them up. I don't want to have my kids in society with them wondering if they're going to break bad again and, and hurt someone that they shouldn't hurt. 
Yeah, no, Toby, you just hit the nail on the head. If you can if you can ensure that people who are breaking the law are not going to be able to do it again, you're eliminating a lot of threats just right there by locking people up who deserve to be locked up. Unfortunately, we don't do that as much anymore in our society. Toby, can you let people know where they can find you if they're like that uh, texter 781, they want to come visit, and where they can listen to you? Because this is not the only place where you spread your expertise. (laughs) Thank you, Grace. Yeah, you can join us each and every week at... Uh, on my own personal radio show, there's two places there. One is our podcast, which is every Wednesday from 4 to 6. We we do it live so I can interact with the comments. And also, um, we record it and podcast it. So wherever you find your podcast, you can do Rapid Fire Radio and find us there. You can also go to rapidfireradio.us and get signed up so you're alerted whenever we go live. Um, also, you can come to Cape Cod Works. We'd love to see you. Today's a snow day. We closed a little early today. We got to go shovel out and get home safe. So uh, the doors are closed now, but there's a very special savings if you shop online today till midnight and use discount code SNOW <laughs> in your cart. We'll give you a very special discount 10% off everything today, today only. And um, you can also. Listen to us on Rapid Fire on WXDK Sundays from noon to one. That's another iHeart affiliate. Um, and so if you have the iHeart radio app, you can listen there. Uh, but would love it if you join us here in store online at capegunworks.com or listen to Rapid Fire Radio. And uh, of course, we'll be here next Tuesday to spread the cheer of the Second Amendment to all the good people in Grace Curley's listening audience. So, Toby, how much snow did you guys get? Here. In, in the Cape? Uh, I think it's about six inches so far, but it's still coming down. Wow. Fast. Um, so, yeah. Um, and it was all rain this morning. I woke up, it was pouring rain, uh, and it turned over and big flakes, and then it started accumulating quick. So, uh, yeah, Snowmageddon is upon us, and uh, we had to close early, much to my chagrin. I hate that. I'd much rather be open. and uh, But, yeah, it's, it's not safe out there, I would say. One person got stuck in our parking lot already, so. Uh, wow, so we didn't we'll, get a lot we'll here. And it was funny because this morning when I no. came into work and I got in the car, I thought, it's not that cold here. It didn't, At least to me, it didn't feel that cold. But uh, Toby, stay safe, stay warm, and we'll talk to you next week. When we come back, we're going to talk to Biff Boffington. Oh, I mean, Howie Carr, when we come back. So you're going to want to hang on for that. But before we go to break here, there was a sound cut, Jared, that I asked you to pull. And I'm not going to do what I typically do, which is forget to play it. I was prepared to roll my eyes when Jon Stewart came back. Not because I, you know, despise him or anything like that, but just because every time there's someone like a Bill Maher who says something right, conservatives fawn over that person and go, look at even Jon Stewart or even Bill Maher. We saw this with Jon Stewart with COVID, where he talked about the origins of COVID. And so I I tweeted that out. I said, I don't want to hear from people praising Jon Stewart for saying something that the rest of us have been saying for five years. But then I watched the clip and it was pretty funny. And I thought you guys might enjoy it as a laugh. Here we go. I was in almost every meeting with the president and the president was in front of and on top of it all, coordinating and directing leaders who are in charge of America's national security, not to mention our allies around the globe. Did anyone film that? (laughs) 
because if you're If you're telling us behind the scenes he is sharp and full of energy and on top of it and really in control and leading, you should film that. <laughs> that would be good to show to people <laughs> instead of a TikTok where he goes, chicken chip cookie. <laughs>And this is the part of it that drives me crazy. It's like there's so much material for people. He must have been watching The Daily Show or whatever it's called for the past couple of years and going, I cannot believe they're not even going near it. It's just there's so much there to unpack. We'll be right back. We'll talk to Howie Carr. I'm going to get Howie's take on the Fannie Willis situation and uh, whether or not Trump's going to show up for this hearing. It's looking like he's going to go to New York, but we'll talk to Howie about it when we return. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. There's two big names in snow removal, GMC and Fisher, and you can get both at Tux Trucks, GMC Fisher, and Hudson Mass. Tux Trucks can build a GMC Fisher plow combination that will easily move more snow for you, which, as you heard from Toby Leary, everybody in Massachusetts or most people could use today. Talk with a sales consultant at Tux Trucks, GMC Fisher. Call 1-800-MY-TRUCK. I feel a little foolish. I was just asking Howie off the air if the King of Jordan went to Deerfield with him and Howie said, no, I was a little bit older. And then I remembered, Howie, that's all in your book, Paperboy, which people can get at HowieKarsher.com. Click store. It is. It is. I, I hate to say it because he's gotten very, his hair's changed color just like mine, but he is, uh, <laughs> he was 10 years behind me at Deerfield. Is he a late in life blonde? He didn't look that, that blonde to me yesterday, but it was a very bizarre situation. Uh, Joe Biden was kind of hovering behind him. I didn't think we were going to hear from Biden today, Howie, because as you saw, the inflation report does not look good, but he came out to blame more things on Donald Trump. He did. I haven't even seen that yet. I did see he named, he called uh, Abdullah Abdul, and he said that his uh, wife's name was Rihanna. Yeah. I did, was she was she at the Super Bowl with Taylor Swift? <laughs> Not this year, but you know what? He's always living in the past, so maybe he just got this year confused with last year. Um, Howie, another big story that we don't have time to, uh, to really get into here involves DA Fannie Willis. This is just the the hearing and the case that keeps on giving. I thought Trump was going to go on Thursday, but you're telling me he's going to be in New York. Yeah, but the thing is, I, I just wrote my column about that saying, please, Mr. Trump, I'm imploring you, go to Atlanta. It's a better it's a better opportunity. But the thing is, the the hearing in Atlanta may go on for two days, so he may be able to hit both. You know what? We should get that to him. Maybe if he's at Mar-a-Lago, you can just tell him to check out your column, because I would prefer to see a Fannie Willis versus Donald Trump face-off. Howie Carr, coming up next.